Well, Razorback fans, it is officially the Christmas weekend, and since this will be the final podcast before the Christmas holiday, I decided to do a little bit something special today, as I'm going to talk about the three things that I want for my Razorback Christmas. It's all going to be coming up on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to Bet Online, where the game starts. Hope everybody who especially is in here in the Arkansas area survived the winter tundra that we just had hit this entire state in many areas of the country. It's pretty ridiculous where last night, especially we got, I'm here in Little Rock and we got a little bit of snow and uh, a lot of wind. And I think last night it was at a point in time where it felt like the wind chill and everything was like minus 20 or something stupid like that. And I was like, it is ridiculous that I can go into my freezer and be warmer than what I would be outside. So hopefully everybody leaked your faucets and, you know, brought all your pets inside all those things to make sure that uh, everybody stayed safe during that. So it's a crazy, scary time, but it's Christmas because I love this holiday. And if you've known that with this podcast and me wearing my Santa hat, uh, I've been looking forward to this Christmas holiday. I'm actually going to be at the conclusion of recording this podcast, driving up to Fayetteville uh, to visit the family. So really looking forward to doing that for this weekend. So, you know, it, it's kind of at the point now where Razorback basketball is officially done with their non-conference slate heading into conference play. Razorback football is pretty much has the signing day in, in shape, or at least what we're thinking it looks like. And then adding into the mix too of some portal guys. And, you know, it, it's just been really wild and crazy. And so I decided that for today's episode, not to really dive into anything specific as far as, um, you know, kind of the doom and gloom, how it been, how it's been in some cases, or even the ultra positive thing. My thing is more going to be about a wish list because let's be honest around Christmas time when we were kids, especially we'd always make our list to Santa and let them know what we wanted for Christmas. And now we have a chance to uh, do that here with our Razorback Christmas here on the locked on Razorbacks podcast. So I'm going to just go through a few things that I would love to have for my Razorback Christmas. And I will start first with the football side of things and get to the fact that I would love for Razorback Santa to bring me a bowl victory over the Kansas Jayhawks in the Liberty Bowl, as well as Arkansas finish extremely strong in the transfer portal. Now, we know that Arkansas had a season that wasn't exactly the most glamorous season. It was a season that was almost wasted in a way, lost, if you will, because you had so many opportunities to be able to be a better football team than what you were last season. Uh, you had games where you're right there in the mix that you should have won, could have won, but you didn't. And it was just one of those years that you're going to look back upon and be like, man, what could have been? What should have been if that was the case? But you can't really do anything about that now. The only thing that you can do now is move forward. And Arkansas, starting with the bowl game, and with their game against Kansas, it's a unique matchup because these teams have not played each other in over 100 years. Kansas has been pretty much uh, the bottom of the bottom of a football program for a while now, at least until uh, Mangino was back there and they were actually 
uh, highly competitive. But Lance Leopold has done a phenomenal job of getting Kansas back to uh, getting to a six and six year like that to for Kansas is a huge deal. And I'm not saying it in a mocking way at all. I'm just saying like it's incredible because it's such a hard place to win. And he has been able to at least get them to postseason play, which they haven't done in a long time. Haven't really even been close. So kudos, kudos to them. And now Arkansas is going to this game where almost both teams are in different wavelengths, are on different vibes. You have Kansas, who's excited, who's pumped, who likes the future, signed the coach to a new contract, feels like everything's going in the right direction. Uh, they're going to be competitive in the conference, all of that. And then you have Arkansas on the other hand, which six and six was a disappointing season. And playing in the Liberty Bowl was a disappointing uh, reward for that. And so that's where the vibes, at least of the fan base, is coming to play and, and where they're at. So the last thing you want to do is get into a position to where you go into this game and one team wants it a lot more than you. Uh, Kansas is going to want this. They want to go seven and six. They want to have their first winning season in over a decade. And Arkansas, you know, you want to have a, lose, a winning season too. You don't want to be in that losing season situation. So there's a lot of motivation there. But I think just on paper, though, and even knowing what the roster is going to look like for Arkansas, I think Arkansas is still the better team. Arkansas has the better quarterback. They have a better running back. They have a better wide receiver. Uh, you know, they have a, a defense that, yeah, it has had some issues there too. They won't have Drew Sanders out there. They'll have some other pieces missing, especially in the wide receiver crew uh, besides Matt Landers. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be my bumper pull is not going to be there either. So there's there's still some things where it could take some steps back. But overall, I just think Arkansas is the better team. The spread, according to right now to bet online, is uh, Arkansas favored by three. It's been kind of moving all around. I think it actually was just uh, yesterday or the day before at three and a half. So some people are feeling Arkansas might uh, or feeling better about Kansas and taking the money there, too. But if you just look at the stats itself. Uh, Kansas scores 34 points a game, Arkansas 30, 31 roughly. Points allowed per game, though, as bad as Arkansas's defense has been, has been talked about, they give up 28 points a game. Kansas allows 34 points a game. So essentially, they're scoring as much as they're giving up per game. Total yards, Arkansas has them beat. with uh, their Arkansas has 454, Kansas has 424. And passing is dead even. That's what's incredible about this. Yards passing per game. 230.3 for Arkansas, 230.3 for Kansas. But the rushing attack, Arkansas is at 223 per game, while Kansas is at 193. So offense is pretty close to being equal, as well as the defense. Check these numbers out. 453 yards per game given up by Arkansas per game. 452 yards given up per game by Kansas. So you're talking about a one-yard difference. Um, Arkansas allows 274 yards passing, 250 eight yards passing for uh, Kansas, but rush yards, Arkansas gives up 180, while Kansas gives up close to 200 at 193. So really slim margins when you come to the consideration of how it looks like for the stats and the numbers of, and how they match up everything. Obviously, Arkansas's biggest strength as an offense is running the ball, and they're going to have to in this game, especially since they don't have all their wide receivers. And Kansas gives up nearly 200 yards rushing per game. So because of that fact, and because you, you know, you're going to have, uh, obviously, uh, the talent's going to come into play. Everyone's going to be healthy. That's going to be playing in this game. At least that's what it looks like. Arkansas should be able to run the ball really effectively. Get, just have, give it off to rocket Sanders, to AJ green, to, to Rashad, to KJ Jefferson will run it too. 
and they should be able to run pretty effectively on Arkansas. The question is going to be that when Arkansas does need to pass, who the wide receivers are going to be besides Matt Landers, because you know that Kansas is going to be keying on him and try to make sure that he doesn't get any sort of passes down to him, and who else is going to step up? Is it going to be Bryce Stevens? Is it going to be Isaiah Centania? I mean, is it going to be one of those guys? We'll have to wait and see, so that's the biggest question. And then it's going to come down also to defense because Arkansas's defense had its struggles this year. We all know that it's very apparent. But you have your entire D-line essentially playing in this game, except for Isaiah Nichols, who, of course, transferred out. Your linebackers are just going to have Chris Poupal. That's the only one that really got significant playing time this year. So will there be other guys stepping up? And then in the secondary, you pretty much have everybody except for Miles Slusher. I mean, you're still going to have Dwight McLaughlin. You're still going to have Hudson Clark. still going to have Quincy McAdoo. Uh, you're still going to have Jaden Johnson. Uh, so you're you're going to at least have the guys back there, which I know they struggled this year, but you're at least going to have uh, the same guys back there too. So overall, I just feel like the matchup favors Arkansas. I think Arkansas is the better football team. I think they're better on paper. And you got to win this game because, let's be honest, there's a big difference between 6 and 7 and 7 and 6. And you may not see it that way. You may see it's such a slim margin. But to say that you had a winning season compared to say that you had a losing season is everything. And the last thing that you want this season to become is similar to what it felt like in that 2016 year where you lose to a bad Missouri team in the final game of the season and then you lose in the bowl game to where you feel like any momentum that you had has been taken, like the wind's been taken out of your sails. And you just don't have that momentum heading into spring. You don't have that excitement because everyone's looking back on a 6-7 and seven season. Where if you go 7-6, and six, it's not that everyone's just going to be just pumping sunshine up one another's fannies and saying that every, everything's great, grand, wonderful. Wow, you know, this was the best year ever. No one's going to be doing that. But there are going to be at least better feelings, better vibe, that you didn't lose to Kansas. You didn't lose to the Jayhawks, a team that has been so bad, a program has been so bad. You didn't lose to them. So it gives you just a little bit of a better feeling and knowing that the team rallied around, rallied the troops, Sam Pittman did, and got after it into this bowl game. Because if you even look at Kansas, too, I know they're six and six, and I'm not trying to disrespect them at all. I'm just being real about it. They started the season five and oh, then they finished the season one and six, and they lost to TCU by touchdowns close. They lost to Oklahoma by 10. They lost to Baylor by 12. They beat Oklahoma State, which was a good win, but then they lost to Texas Tech by, uh, I mean, I'm trying to do the point holes in my head. 15, then they got smoked by Texas, 55-14. And then they got smoked by Kansas State by 20 points there, too. So their final three games of the regular season, they got smoked pretty good by multiple scores. So you're hoping that, hey, if you're Arkansas and, and you're going out there talent-wise, you should be able to take care of business. I mean, again, their best win this year was Oklahoma State, and that's a good win. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they still barely beat Iowa State 14-11. to You know, they barely... They barely beat West Virginia. They barely beat Duke. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Again, I'm just saying that Arkansas, who had struggles this year too, there's a lot of similarities as far as you know how their games went. But Kansas, without a doubt, they were able to, uh, to have some things go their way in some of these games, and they did not have a very good end to the season, even though Arkansas lost to Missouri, but at least they had that Ole Miss game. So I just look at all these factors and look at all the mentality and the vibes of what they want. And I still just think Arkansas is a better team. I think they should win. If they don't win, I'm going to be very upset. But I want that for Christmas. I want a Razorback Bowl win. And I also want Sam Pittman to continue to do well in the portal because we know that the recruiting class has been put together. We talked about the signing day and how good it was compared to previous years and 
In fact, last night, it was kind of crazy. They had a uh, late addition into the, from the transfer portal with a linebacker, Antonio Greer Jr., who is actually going to be, a, a I believe, a fifth-year, 60-year guy. Originally was playing at Central Florida. Then he went to South Florida. And now he's coming to Arkansas and did that like late last night. So you're going to get some some depth there at linebacker. You know, what what kind of player is he going to be? How good is he going to be? We'll see. He was all AAC. And I know that's just AAC. So people are going to, that doesn't do anything for me. But at least it's some quality depth and some experience there too. So continue to build the portal. Continue to get your bowl preparations ready. And go out there and win that bowl game. Win that bowl game. And have that seven and six season to where you're like, hey, didn't go as good as what we hoped, but at least we didn't have a losing season. We can have some things to build upon going into next year. So let's get it done. That's the first thing that I want for my Razorback Christmas. And we'll talk about some other things too. But first, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of the with marijuana is also against the law in every state, even if you're in a state where smoking marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong because your friends can tell. Co-workers can tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement won't be able to know whether or not you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive home high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with our Locked On Razorbacks podcast, Razorback Christmas edition, uh, we're going to talk about the next thing that I want for my Razorback Christmas, and that's Nick Smith to be healthy. Now, Nick Smith was has been ruled out indefinitely for the Razorback basketball team. He played a little bit against Bradley in North Little Rock. Uh, he, he was hurt. You could tell he was hurt. He wasn't feeling good. And then comes out, and there were some rumors that got started getting spread, which I wasn't a fan of. But that's just what happens on social media. And then people start talking, whispering, what's going on, what's happening. And then the game against UNC Asheville comes out to, from the university that Nick Smith is – out indefinitely dealing with a knee injury or knee or an injury or problem or whatever it is. So he's not out for the year, like some people tried to make it out to be, but he we don't know how long he's out for. Could it be him returning for LSU uh, this upcoming Wednesday, or could it be longer than that? Not totally sure here. We know Arkansas already lost Trevin Brazil, and that was a huge loss for them. But not being able to have Nick Smith full-time so far this year, it hasn't been hurtful because Arkansas has a bunch of talent, tons of talent. But it's definitely something that can be concerning if you're wanting to continue to be that team that not only competes in winning in the SEC, but also wins a national championship. So let me be clear in saying that I still believe that even without Nick Smith on this team, as, as it's been proven, this team is getting better. This basketball team is getting better. And if you compare it to the previous couple of seasons under Muss, if you remember correctly, even though they had great years at the end, around this time of year is when they started hitting that, ew, what is this? Uh, you know, we think about in his second year where they ended up uh, taking care of business, did well in the non-conference, but then conference play started up 
and they just really struggled to get out of the gate. They had some losses that were not very good, got even got some blowouts, but then they got, got it going on. And then you had the last year, which we know they lost to Hofstra, lost to Oklahoma in a bad way, started 0-3 in conference play, seemed all out of sorts, and then boom, they clicked it on and they finished strong. So that's not the case this year where you can make the argument that they are better now than what they were at the beginning of the year and they're continuing to improve. Now, once conference play hits, like as I mentioned in those previous years about conference play being a thing, let's see what happens then. Because I, you know, this is something that I like, oh, I could be wrong about it. And they end up having the same struggles losing to LSU on the road, which nobody needs to panic. Nobody needs to freak out if that happens. So that could end up happening. But I'm just comparing it to where even last year's team in the non-conference, even when they were going through that winning streak and they won up in Kansas City, you could tell they had issues. Like you could tell it's like they can't guard the three at all. Their defense is not very good. Uh, they can't figure out who, who's uh, who's the guy offensively. Who's who's like there was just a lot of those issues that you say, hey, even though they're winning, it's great. But there's still some things that could end up costing them in some games, which it did to start the conference play, especially. And even in that year with Moses Moody and all them, you had so much youth and inexperience. And then, you know, Justin Smith was dealing with a little bit of an injury, too. It kind of just felt like, OK, they're good. They look really good. But there's still some things there's these, like these old flags where it's like, OK, this could be problematic once conference play happens. But as of right now, they really don't have any of those things. Like I'm not looking at this team being like they are bad at this. They are not good at this. Like really think about that. In the 12 games that we've seen this Razorback team play, they've only lost one game. They had a season-ending injury to Trevin Brazil, and obviously Nick Smith has not been full go for the most of the season. But is there anything right now at this at this state, at this current recording of this podcast, is there anything about this basketball team that you think is a weakness, like a major weakness? I, I don't think so. I mean, three-point shooting we talked about in the beginning, it's not that good, but folks, it's actually much better. It's getting really good. Now, is it, is it sustainable? Will, will it always be that way? Do they have just a bunch of snipers at three-point shooters? No, but they also don't take a lot of threes. They're very selective in their threes, and when they're selective, they make them. Ricky Council's proven it. Uh, Anthony Black has proven he can shoot threes. You got, uh, of course, Nick Smith, when he's in, he can for sure make threes. So you got some pieces there of some guys. Jordan Walsh even, he's, he's hitting some threes, and he's looking really good. So you got... Guys there that can hit threes. so But that's not even a weakness anymore because I don't consider it that. Arkansas's defense is incredible. Their passing is incredible. They don't turn the – I mean, obviously, there's always going to be too many turnovers, but they've gotten better at taking care of the basketball. Their athleticism is there. They can score in the paint. they got guys with good post moves. Mikhail Mitchell Mitchell's been really good, especially defensively there too. Jalen Graham is their best offensive big man down low. If he can really start to get going, they have plenty of depth. They got the talent. They got the coaching. Like, they really don't have, at this point in time, a glaring weakness. Now, they'll have some games that they lose this year in conference play. They may even lose to LSU on the road, folks. So just when they do, and if they do, don't freak out. Don't lose your mind. Just remember, it's about postseason. It's about getting and playing at the right time. But a lot of it's going to come down to Nick Smith. And I have no reason to believe that Nick Smith's injury is long-term. Like, you know, he's going to be out weeks and weeks. I have no reason to believe that. He was on the bench against UNC Asheville. He's cheering on his team and everything. But let's be honest, as far and as great as his, and talented as his team is, you can't just have Trevin guys like Trevor Brazil get out for the year and then Nick Smith get out for an extended period of time and still, still be able to feel as confident to win a national championship. 
you could because again, this ta- this team is so stupid talented, and Muss is such a great coach. You still could, but it's just you want to have all your guys out there. And with Nick Smith, he is without a question your best player overall, especially offensively. There's a reason why he's going to be an NBA lottery pick. And you've seen him when he has played, when he's been healthy. You you see it. You're like, yeah, this guy's got a motor. He can create his own shot. He can get his own shot anytime he wants to. He's athletic. Like He's got all the pieces and all the combination that you need. So you got to get him back in. But that's what I want for Christmas. My Razorback Christmas, I want Nick Smith to be okay. I want him to be healthy. I don't want him rushed back. I don't want him to have him be brought back too soon and ends up being problematic. I just want him to be healthy. And I want him to be able to contribute to this team because I know he wants to as well. And I want it to be to where this Razorback team just continues to get better and better and better to where that's maybe that slow start does not happen this year for the Razorback basketball team in conference play. Like, what if they come out swinging? Because they got some tough games to start. I mean, they start with on the road against LSU and they have Missouri at home after that, which Missouri just knocked off Illinois and smoked them. So, you know, they're 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 a formidable team. And then you have Bama and Auburn coming up. So you got some you got some pretty tough stretch in the beginning, but if you can just really put some pieces together, get Nick Smith back and healthy and take care of business and have a good start to the season and conference play, I would feel really good about my Razorback Christmas. We'll get to our final segments and our final send-off before the Christmas holiday here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast coming up next. Stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, what I want for my Razorback Christmas, and this is going to sound cheesy and cliche, but what I want for my Razorback Christmas is for all of you Razorback fans out there to have a very Merry Christmas with all your family, your friends, and your loved ones to have a Merry Christmas and to enjoy your time together and spending it with whether it's opening gifts or watching Christmas movies or making great food or all the above, whatever it is, I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to enjoy your time because I know that we in life get so caught up with our lives. We get caught up with work. We get caught up with, you know, doing the daily routine. We get caught up with trying to manage everything and dealing with some sort of disaster that happens or dealing with some sort of struggles or whatever it may be, we get caught up in our lives. And I'm, you know, I'm guilty of this too, a lot of times, but the thing is, is like so many times we try to, as a society overstate or, you know, look into the more negative aspects of things that should be really good. You know, my holidays are one of those, like whether it's Thanksgiving or 4th of July or Christmas, there's always those people out there that just like, well, no, let's look at the holiday and let's look at the really negative things about it and why it's terrible and why it shouldn't be forced and pushed and celebrated and all those things too. I hate those people. Those people are terrible people. You know why? Because it's about the spirit of everything. Anytime you have something good that can bring everybody together with one common cause, piece of unity, if you will, it should always be something that's celebrated and encouraged and embraced by everybody. Obviously, the Christmas holiday has a religious background. There's no question about it. But you know what? That's your choice to look at it that way. Nobody's saying that in order for you to ever celebrate Christmas, you have to acknowledge the religious part of it, too. There's a lot of people out there that don't do any of that. All they do is they just open gifts. Uh, Santa comes to town. You know, they leave milk and cookies out for him with the kids. It's about coming together and being able to share with one another some appreciation for them and to show that, hey, 
with all the stuff we've gone through this year and all the problems and times we haven't had a chance to see each other and be around each other, we've come together and, you know, this is something that where we're enjoying each other's company by giving to each other and hanging out with one another and laughing and, and enjoying just the cool spirit and cool Christmas holiday that it is. And especially when, if you have kids or nephews, in my case, I got four of them about to have five good grief. So it's just like, you know, that's, that's the stuff that you need, needs to be about. It's just to be able to enjoy each other and to not worry about all the crazy things that's happened in our lives. And that's what I love about Christmas. That's what I love about Thanksgiving. That's what I love about all these holidays is it never has to be anything negative. You don't have to make it about anything negative. You don't have to roll your eyes. You, don't, you know, not everything's got to be, you know, a National Lampoon's Christmas vacation where everything goes wrong. Because even in that movie, if you remember at the end, it's always about a great message. And it's always about being together as family, even though we get tired of one, one another and they're crazy. And we never know what so-and-so is going to say and make people feel uncomfortable, whatever it may be. Christmas is always about all of us just coming together and enjoying each other. So I think it's the same thing here on this podcast where, you know, it's been a year of craziness and the ups and downs. You know, we think about earlier this year and thinking about the uh, the NCAA tournament and making that run, how much fun that was. But it came with at the beginning of this year, it's just so much animosity about the Razorback basketball team. Now they were struggling. And, you know, you think about the football team started this year with having a great, great Outback Bowl victory. And then this season, just the ups and downs and all arounds that came with it. Razorback baseball, you know, it looked like they were struggling. They didn't even get to host a regional or super regional because they really just fell flat on their face towards the end of the regular season. But then what happened? They go to Stillwater and win. They go to Chapel Hill and win. And then they end up going to Omaha once again and advancing and being right there on the cusp of possibly playing for a College World Series title. The point is, is that there's always going to be ups and downs in our lives, even if it's as something as trivial as this podcast and Razorback fans in general and what you go through each and every day. There's no doubt about that. That's what makes it so much fun to talk with all of you and to do all these things with you because we experience them all together. We experience that heartbreak and that sorrow, but also that anger, but also that passion and also that fun and that joy and jubilation, all of that stuff we will always share together. And the Christmas holiday is always so important for each and every one, uh, one of us to remember, not about the things of reasons why we don't like each other, not the reasons of why we both disagree and we think that, oh, well, Kendall Brown sucks, but I actually like him. None of that stuff matters. What matters, at least with this podcast and in this vein, is that we're all Razorback fans. And we all want the Razorback programs to be their best. Sometimes we disagree about how they go about doing it, but that's all we ever want. So have a Merry Christmas to each and every one of you out there. I mean that because I know that it's a time of craziness, but it needs to be a time of fun and unity with everybody that means so much to you in your life. So again, Merry Christmas to all of you Locked On Razorbacks listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I can't wait to continue on doing the podcast. And we'll, of course, head into the new year next year, get ready for the Liberty Bowl next week, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. So appreciate it. Enjoy it. Folks, have a merry, merry Christmas, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Enjoy your Christmas weekend.